0: And now, may you be blessed and inspired by our weekly podcast of the message from the 10 a.m. Sunday Morning Mosaic Worship Service, Garfield Memorial Church, Widening the Circle.
1: Uh, good to be with you. If I haven't met you, I'm Chip Freed, the lead teaching pastor here. Uh, we got a little announcement before we uh, jump into today's Uh, message, and that is, um, if you don't know this young man uh, over my shoulder here, i got to keep him in my peripheral vision. He's pretty big. Um, But uh, Theron Uhlenberg has been uh, part of this church for years. Uh, Some of you have seen him. Uh, One of our main core values is safety. He's been keeping us safe. Um, But as we've been looking at, you know, Pastor Scott is going to be leaving us in July, and how do we continue to keep Kids Club going, et cetera. Um, Theron Uhlenberg has been a big part of working with our youth and the more I got to know him the more I've realized that he really has a calling on his life he has a an anointing if you will to minister to young people and so as of today uh, Theron Uhlenberg is going to step in as our youth pastor at Garfield Memorial Church.
0: Thank you Chip. I guess I'm supposed to uh, introduce myself Uh, a lot of you guys have seen me coming for this uh service the front (coughs) door smiling and and, you know greeting um just to give a little bit about myself i've lived in orange since i was about uh five years old until i moved out obviously had my own family i have a wife and four beautiful children i hope we stay in euclid um i just have always been a part of the united methodist family i started my journey at uh Mount Pleasant United Methodist, where I realized that God was a big part of my life. Um, There I learned to love Jesus. I was uh, baptized, Christian, you know, christened and everything uh, through God. Um, I'm sorry, guys, I'm really nervous. It's a new thing for me, uh, but I'm very excited. Uh, As a younger child, I knew there was a point that I would want to lead. Um, I didn't know how it would be. I didn't know if I'd be giving speeches, motivational speeches to people. I didn't know if it would be teaching at a school, but I think kinda like how Chip randomly asked me one day to be the youth pastor, um, God had an answer for me. Uh, I wanted to do a certain thing with my life, but like God has always made it. He's, He's writing my path, and my path is here with Garfield as I help lead Our youth and our young, you know, women and men, to becoming the next set of people that are going to spread the love of Jesus. Um, And hopefully, I do a good job. And I'm here. If you ever need me for anything, uh, I'm just excited, guys. Thank you so much. How many you're gathered with. You are still his church. You are still his church. God's love hasn't changed. It is unending. It is infinite. It is deep. And believe when I say his love has power today. Power to free you, heal you, and to fill you. And restore you. God's mercy hasn't changed. He keeps no record of wrong. And his mercy is new every morning. The cross hasn't changed. It's still there for you and for me. No matter who you are or what you've done this is what we need to be reminded of today that wherever two or more are gathered in his name jesus is standing in our midst this means the church hasn't changed the church isn't a building it is you and i together the spirit of god living in us living through us so today as we come together and as we worship let us be reminded that we are still his church god is here with us right now and no matter what your past looks like or how scary your future may be you can trust god you can trust god and because he is here with us we have everything we need today we are still his church we are still his church we are still his church
1: yeah we're still here (laughs) <laughs> we're uh, sometimes might think we're on life support, but we're still breathing. We're still uh, kicking. And I love what Acts says. And we're gonna, you heard uh, Tanisha read from Luke's gospel. Luke is the author of Luke and the book of Acts, if you know that. Some people, if you want a little trivia question, some people say who wrote the most uh, words of the New Testament. Most people would say Paul. That would be incorrect. Uh, Luke wrote the most words in the new testament if you if you add them all up between luke and acts and in the book of acts when god's church got moving it said the lord added to their number daily those who are being saved i'm so glad god added theron to our number man and uh and he's gonna he's gonna do he's gonna do some great things he's gonna do some great things with our young adults and i hope today scott mackey's over here who's uh, got one of the only uh lifetime career in Garfield's history. He was ministering to youth here when some of our youth in the back, our young adults in the back, were actually teens. So today, if uh, you meet Theron and Scott in the, uh, in, in the, in the worship lobby, it'd be, a, it'd be a great day. So we're kicking off a Lenten series today called God Easter on the Margins. Easter on the Margins. What do we mean by that? Um, God shows up in God's most revelatory form in Jesus Christ, we have beheld his glory, the Bible says. The glory is of a father's only son. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And all, apart from him, not one thing came into being, but through him, all things came into being. And what came into being through him was life. And the life was a light eternal. And the word became flesh and we've seen him and so God shows up in Jesus Christ and displays for us God's glory uh, gives us the best close-up vision of of who and what God is and uh, Pastor Terry this past week kicked us off for what we call Lent if you don't know what Lent is you're not alone Um, Lent was simply something that the early church did to set apart 40 days why 40? because in the bible 40 days was kind of a time of testing whether it was literally 40 or not um, is not important noah was on the ark and it rained 40 days and 40 nights israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and jesus was tested by satan for 40 days 40 is an image of, of 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 testing of time spent and the early church said let's take 40 days Before we just run from Christmas to Easter and celebrate Jesus is is raised from the dead, let's take 40 days to really reflect. And so during this Lent, during this time for us of 40 days, now it's actually 47 for those of you keeping score at home, because Sundays were viewed as little Easter's on the way, so they didn't count. So there's technically 47. You guys are really glad I'm sharing this, right? You're like, this is, yeah, this is really good. Like, I'm going to win trivia pursuit next week. Um, but it, 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 it was a way of setting aside this time for us to explore and to, to reflect and to think about, my Lord, alas, and did my Savior bleed, the old hymn says, and did his love for me show this extent that God would go to reclaim me and reclaim you. And so we go through Lent. And what we're looking at this year is easter on the margins a god when god comes in the flesh how many of you when tanisha read the scripture checked your phones to say what calendar are we in (laughs) like is this december 24th what's chip doing shepherds in their fields at night i thought we did that a couple months ago well we're going back to the very beginning of luke's gospel Uh, matthew mark luke and john all tell us this that jesus comes in the flesh And he does some of his best work on the margins. It was the religious people that gave Jesus fits. You ever notice that? Boy, you quiet on that one, right? Because we're here on Sunday morning. It was the religious people that gave Jesus fits. Because they thought they had it all together. They thought they were the ones, hey, we're going to church, we're giving of our money, we're doing our time, we're serving the poor. Look at us, God, we're the good people. And Jesus said, don't call anyone good but God alone. And then he showed up and said, those who are well don't need a physician. But those who are sick, I come not to call righteous people, but I come to call people who know they're broken And in need of a savior and and luke all all the gospel writers tell us that but but luke not only tells us that he lives it because if you study luke's gospel luke is he's an outsider see all the gospels warn us when we think we're insiders be careful (laughs) what did jesus say you'll knock at the door and i'll say i don't even know who you are like be careful when you think you're an insider lest you find yourself on the outside. And those of you who feel you're on the outside, come inside with me. My favorite story on that is actually in Mark uh, chapter three. Um, They gave me this remote today, like I'm moving my own slide so this could get very dangerous. Um, But uh, Mark chapter three, it talks about, um, if you you study it, Mark has five uh, car crashes if you read Mark 2 to 3, with Jesus with religious people. He's bumping up against them all the time. Five conflicts. And the last one in Mark 3, verses 1 through 6, they set a trap for Jesus. What they do is they take a man with a withered hand so he had some kind of paralytic condition, and they put him right up front here. And they said, we know who this Jesus is. If he walks in and there's somebody hurting, he's not going to be able to pass him by. Doesn't that say a lot about our God? Come on, somebody. He can't pass by any one of us uh, with a need, with a hurt. Um, I've shared this many times. I had a young little girl in 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 the lobby said to me, you know, her dog had died. And she said, you know, pastor, does God care? And I said, absolutely. You know, God cares. If it matters to you, it matters to God. And so, whatever your hurt is, whatever your confusion is, whatever your situation is, I'm going to tell you from right up here from the stage don't dismiss it. Don't say, well, you know, God's got bigger things on God's mind. God cares so intricately about what concerns you. Do you know the Bible says the hairs on your head are numbered? You think about that. It doesn't say they're counted, it says they're numbered. That means when you comb your hair in the morning, it's not just a piece of hair falls out, but if it's hair number 13,142, God knows that much about each and every one of us. We are intricately and uniquely made. That's what Psalm 139 says. If it matters to you, it matters to God. And God is, is, is showing us that from the very beginning, that when we feel ourselves on the margins, when we feel ourselves kind of burning out or, or burning up, that God is right there with us. And that's why we have this story of the birth of Christ. So I, I don't know, I, some of you, anybody, well, I'm, I'm old. My wife keeps telling me that. She says, you know, your stories you tell on Sunday, they're old like they're old you're old but uh, pinball machines anybody remember pinball machines like two of you yes yes three 60 year olds unite right uh, but you know in the pinball machine you used to pull that little lever and off it would go that's who I am today I'm just starting to pinball rolling and Scott and Caleb and others are going to get up here but we've got to go back to the beginning when Luke says Luke an outsider Luke is a Gentile he's not a Jew so he's from the other side of the tracks he's not even an eyewitness to the stories that have taken place mark and luke and or mark and uh, matthew and john these are insiders they're 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 eyewitnesses but luke he goes out and does an interview with people and he he's kind of the outsider and says you know what but god came for me too God came for me too. And in fact, in Luke's gospel, oh, that worked. That's so amazing. He says this at the beginning, since many have undertaken to set down an orderly account of events that have been fulfilled among us just as they were handed on to us. See, he was getting secondhand testimony. He was out there like an interviewer, a journalist by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. I too decided, I too. How many of you been the I too? you've not been the one but you've heard about it and you're like an I too have come to believe I too decided after investigating everything carefully from the very first to write an orderly account for you most excellent Theophilus I'll get back to that so that you may know the truth concerning about the things of which you've been instructed Luke was an outsider Luke was not an insider. He wasn't in the clique or the club, but he became an I too. Jesus came for me also, right? And if you study Matthew is an insider, he's preaching to other Jews, and and so Matthew and Luke are the only two that put Jesus's birth certificate in their in their scriptures. But look what Matthew does. This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah. The son of David. The son of who? abraham why because abraham was the father of isaac isaac the father of jacob i am the god of abraham isaac and jacob some say he should have said also i mean my sisters here will say he was the god of sarah rebecca and rachel hello and those of you who have been left out know he's the god of hagar and esau and leah he is the god of all right but luke takes it back to abraham because he's jewish or matthew he's jewish he's speaking to other jews he said He's the founder of our church. In Methodism, we'd say he was the God of John Wesley, right? Or in, in Lutherism, he's the God of Martin Luther, right? But Luke, look what he does. Now, Jesus himself was about 30 years old. He does it in reverse. Like, the, the, you know, Luke starts from Abraham and goes forward. Luke starts from Jesus and goes backward and said he was the son. So it was thought of Joseph, the son of? He's the God of all of us, man. He ain't just a God of Abraham. He's not just a God of your clique or your club. He's not just a God of your denomination. He is God all by himself. Nobody voted him in. <laughs> Nobody can vote him out. <clears throat> Uncreated, un, unsubstantial. He's God. That's why I always say, if you read your Bible and you open it up, it says, in the beginning, God. Those are the first four letters of the Bible. In the beginning, not you, not your club, not your clique, not your intelligence, not your family, not your ethnicity, not your political party. In the beginning, God. If you flunk that part, shut the book. And start over. Luke says, he's my God. I may not have been in the Abraham Club, but he's the God of Adam, he's the God of Eve, he's the God of all creation, and Luke tells us that story. And they said, "And the Word became flesh, and dwelt amongst us." And he ended up in a least likely place. He ended up in Nazareth. Now, if you study Nazareth, and some of you have traveled with me to the Holy Lands, and you know nazareth was not even recorded on the earliest geographic maps because nazareth was Nowheresville. when i was a district superintendent before i became the pastor at garfield memorial i was overseeing 80 churches in mid-ohio my wife and i went down to mid-ohio we didn't we discovered cities in ohio we didn't even know existed i never heard of Bucyrus, ohio anybody heard of it Four five of you, good. I called it Bucky Rose, cause I had never heard of it. Like Nevada, I, all these towns. And I had a lay leader and we would drive around to our churches and we would do these meetings. I had two churches of my 80 churches that had outhouses. You, don't, you all know what an outhouse is? Millennials are like, what is an outhouse? Like, like these were these were in the middle of nowhere. And so uh, I would say to my late leader, we drive around, and we go through a town. And I said, what town was that? He said, that was Reduced Speed, Ohio. It's <laughs> like, what, what do we mean, Reduced Speed? He said, you didn't see when we came in? It said Reduced Speed, and like 300 yard later, yards later, it said Resume Speed. Like, this is Reduced Speed, Ohio. Like, you just don't blink, you'll miss it. That was Nazareth. Jesus was born in Reduced Speed, Ohio. He was born in the place, don't blink. See, there was a big city in uh, in that region. It was called Sepphoris. And Sepphoris had 30,000 people. It was right down the road from Bethlehem. Nazareth, they they guess, had 30 people. They cleaned the toilets in Sepphoris. They waited tables in Sepphoris. And Luke said, Jesus was born there. Jesus was born in reduced speed, Ohio. He was born in a place that was least likely. Since I'm on the Christmas topic today, I, I told my wife this morning and we were driving to the church and uh, it didn't really thrill her, so it probably won't thrill you. Um, do you know that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was actually a marketing pitch? Anybody know that? No, no, no. So how many are interested? None. Okay, I, I, I was that way. Honey, do you know it was a marketing pitch? And she's like, you know. So I'm going to bore you all. It was a marketing pitch for Montgomery Ward. In 1939, they wanted, uh, they hired somebody to say, our Santa Claus and Montgomery Ward, somebody at Heritage said it was Macy's. I don't know. It's not my story. Pastor Terry sent it to me. So if you don't like this, email her. Um, but they said that, that it was a marketing pitch so that people Santa could give their kids something to remember and so wrote the poem, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And uh, it be, then we know Gene Autry picked it up as a song and it went to like 25 million uh, units. But a marketing expert wrote this in a magazine this way. It said, it's the, it's the pluckiness and courage of Rudolph, the alleged hero of the story, but the real beauty of the story focuses on grace. This is a secular writer that wrote this. It focuses on grace. By grace, Santa chooses Rudolph despite the fact that he's a clear outsider and a reject. He has a defect, his big annoyingly shiny red nose, that has usually disqualified him from getting chosen for other reindeer games. But it's in spite of all of the other available candidates, who did Santa choose? did santa elect when the fog rolled in that's right the one with the weird shiny red nose the weakness that was considered a liability by rudolph and his fellow reindeers became the strength that santa used to accomplish the mission and i got to thinking about that that's the gospel of luke god went out to nazareth god went down to reduce speed of ohio he didn't go to Sepphoris. he didn't go to the bright uh, places He went out there to show um, that that God is God all by God's self, that that God can do God's best work on the margins. And in fact, if you read Luke's gospel, it says that Jesus came to the Amharets. The Amharets meant the people of the land. When the Jews had left Israel when they were taken into captivity in Babylon. It says that those who stayed behind, the Samaritans, they race mixed with the Assyrians, they were viewed to be lesser people. And everybody, when they came back to Israel, the pure Jews said, They're the Amharets. They're the people of the land. Okay? When God goes to Mary um, and says to Mary, Mary cries out, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my favor, for he's looked with favor on the um, he's looking on the lowliness, he's looking on the least likelies, that God comes in those places. That's what Luke wants to tell us. So when we go through this series and we see Jesus representing who God is in God's fullness, doing, doing his best work on the, on the edges, God has always come that way. So when you feel like you're on the edges, when you feel like you've been overlooked, Pastor Terry talked about this on Ash Wednesday. When you feel like I'm on the margins or I've blown it, don't ever forget that God comes to the Amharats. God comes to the least likely places so that we might know that God has looked with favor on us when we feel like we don't measure up, that God has come uh, on the margins, okay? And in fact, when Luke talks about um, okay I'm really dangerous with this thing um, when Luke talks about who he's writing to he writes to what's called most excellent Theophilus that's how we know that Luke was writing Luke and Acts because he addresses to both Theophilus that word literally means Theo Philio, Filio you know Philadelphia means brotherly love sisterly love right Theos means God So basically, Luke is writing to a lover of God, which has some scholars say maybe he was just writing to anybody. But the fact that he wrote to most excellent, right, that's a title. So it's like the right reverend, doctor, apostle, Chip Freed. Don't say that real quick, right? I like, you know, it's some title is that this is a person of significance. Some think Theophilus was probably his underwriter, Back then, in that day and age, you didn't have publishers, right? So that somebody would have had to underwritten you to write this gospel. And so Theophilus was a somebody. And Luke is telling him, don't ever forget Theophilus, where Jesus came. He came to Reduce Speed, Ohio. He came to the nobodies. Remember that and 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 put us in their place. And if you if you go to Bethlehem to this day, this is what you'll see that, that that I actually took this picture from Bethlehem. What this is, this was a mountain and somebody cut the mountain in half and built another mountain on a mountain. Who would do that? Somebody because they could, right? Why did you climb Mount Everest? Because it was there, right? this was King Herod this was Herod um, the great is what the Bible talks about if you go to Israel with me they call him Herod the crazy because he was so full of himself he knew he was a theophilus he knew he was most excellent that he just built stuff and you know he built a mountain on a mountain that's man-made that's human-made he cut that off to put it over there because he could and to show Bethlehem how important he was and if you get to the top of that mountain you know what you find you find something that's called the Herodian this was before Hilton there was a Herodian like they had Herodian bonus points like you could travel and this thing had amphitheaters it had rooms it had an olympic-sized swimming pool in the desert in the desert so guess who had to carry the buckets of water up there to fill an olympic-sized swimming pool The slaves, the servants, right? But Herod was showing, I'm somebody. And down the mountain, up from there, down here in Bethlehem, where nobody would ever go, Jesus was born. He was born to a -a 12-and-a-half-year-old girl. That was the time in that day and age, life expectancy for females in Israel was about 40 years old. So 12 and a half when you had your first menstrual cycle is when they could actually give birth. So God showed up, not up the Herodian. God showed up down in a manger in an animal feed box, right? Mary and Joseph, it said, had to travel 80 miles from Nazareth to go because there was a census, because an emperor could, build a mountain right and he didn't care if mary was 9 months pregnant he only cared about the money we have to count her you know as a demographic as one of the tax census. now I, i'm going to tell you in case you didn't know i just i became a grandfather a month ago how many of you um i know please please more more yeah just more just more hey any of you who have grandkids do you, do you do i i think your pastor might get picked up for stalking Because seriously, do you just show random pictures to random strangers? I do this now, my wife is really worried about me. Um, She is, she's like, oh my gosh, you got our granddaughter on the slides. Yes, I do. You'll see him in a minute. But like, I'll be pumping gas and there'll be a car next to me and I'm like, hey, you wanna see my granddaughter? Is that weird? Is there something wrong with me? Yes, most of you are quiet. So yes, there's something wrong with me. But um, you know, I thought about that. My daughter-in-law, oh my gosh, what a hero she is and what, what amazing job she did with the birth. But um, she gave birth at Hillcrest Hospital. That was six miles from her house. And she took a car. Like, and I was worried sick. Mary had to walk 80 miles. There was no donkey. I know Hallmark puts a donkey in the story because we have to sanitize it, we can't believe that a young teenage unwed mom would have to walk 80 miles when pregnant to give birth. And she gave it all alone. I mean, Alex had a doula. I didn't even know what a doula was. I, I never heard of one. And my gosh, this, this young woman was amazing. But Mary, 12 and a half years old, 13, had to walk 80 miles, nine months pregnant, give birth where there was no doula there was no midwife she had to swaddle her own child which was unheard of in that day and age and 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 why because the savior of the world was reminding us i don't do my best work at the herodian i do my best work in the valley i do my best work in the manger and that's who we are that's who we're That's who God befriends. Herod wanted to build a pyramid. You know, in Egypt, they had the pyramids. He built his own pyramid. But God said, I'm with the Amharads. I'm with the folk that know they're lowly. I'm with the folk who know they need a savior. Uh, I'm with them, okay? And here's my favorite part of the story. I'm gonna end with this because I just gotta show pictures. Um, That, yeah, yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Come on now. That's my heart. That's the day she was born. Um, My my son, my daughter-in-law, that's the day she was born. Um, Terry and I went up to the hospital at Hillcrest. We sat there for like seven hours. We couldn't see her until one o'clock in the morning. Um, And I was like, Alex, can I hold her? And she's like, Dad, I just got her. Like, you know, can you chill? So I didn't get to hold her for a week. It about killed me. Who's in your waiting room? You know, my wife and I were there. Alex's mom was there soon. Who's in your waiting room? You know what the Bible tells us? God had specifically chosen some people to be in his waiting room. And it was shepherds. It was Bedouin shepherds, the lowest of the low in that community, the Amharats. So when you feel like you're left out and overlooked and, and underserved, know that God is with you. And I I got just a couple up there because that's her today. That's my boo-boo bear. Um, Isn't that beautiful? Come on, cheer. Cheer. (laughs) Anyhow, my my wife's not going to talk to me the rest of the day. It's just not going to happen. But if you pump gas next to me, I'll show you pictures. (laughs) But I got to thinking about that, man. The anticipation I had for this new grandchild, and I hope I have it for the next one and the next one and the next one. God had that same anticipation coming into the world, but he didn't have his in-laws and he didn't have Theophilus and he didn't have the who's who. He said, you shepherds at the bottom of the community, come into this waiting room because I've came to be the savior for all the people. I didn't just come for Abraham. I came from Adam and Eve and Hagar and Esau And leah and all of you all over the world that's what the bible tells us as we march to the cross and to easter we remember that jesus is the savior for all not just some pastor terry made fun of me this past week because i always say do you know what all means in greek it means all. (laughs) that's who he came for let's pray lord god thank you for doing your best work on the margins, outside the lines. Because if we're honest, even though we feel like we're Theophilus and we feel like we're lover of God and we're trying to do all the right things, if we're honest, we know sometimes we're outside the lines. Sometimes we let you down. But let us understand that in Jesus Christ, while we were yet sinners, Paul writes, you came for us. You died for us. You didn't go up on top of the Herodian. You came down in a manger to let us know that we are safe with you. Help us to receive that. Help us to claim it. And don't give us an excuse to just kind of walk off with our little hurt feelings, but know that you're right there on the margins with us. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.